in our lives as we reflect on your words to see where in our lives that are not bearing fruit and where are fruit being bared. And we just ask you. <laughs> it's not that over. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of MQA Sunday with Margot and Steve. This week we're talking about the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Grab a cup of coffee and a seat and join us around our kitchen table as we discuss this week's Gospel. You're making a face. Oh, that was just wild. That was wild and meandering, but also um, super sincere. Like the face you made when you said grab a cup of coffee. (laughs) It was just, I was like, wow, I wish I had some coffee. I hope that you all felt the the sincerity. Yeah. Yeah. It was on my face. Dripping with sincerity. (laughs) Margo, welcome back. Thanks. Welcome back to your own show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm happy to be here at my own show Mm. and yours. Mm. Welcome back to you we're getting you you know what we had a few weeks off yeah and we're and then even more weeks not doing this with each other right right so we're we're trying to get our groove back yeah it's gonna be fine it's been great it's been awesome yes i'm excited because you told me that this is an interesting gospel yeah so this might be a 10 minute episode it might be we'll see how we do it is we'll see how we do but read reader listener you can read along follow uh follow our beta lesson which is the small group process we use here at mary queen of the apostles in salem massachusetts and it's available on our website mqoa.org slash beta b-e-t-a mm-hmm. you can um, check it out on there or um you know you can send me a postcard and i'll mail you a copy nice <laughs> We love the postcards. It's posted on our website every Monday, so you can read and prepare for Sunday's gospel. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's such a good idea. Or just you know play this and or just listen along. Yeah, right, right, right. So it always uh, starts the same way. We do an icebreaker. The icebreaker question is this: tell tell us how your Lent is going, Mm. and your favorite thing to buy at a bakery. I feel like this. Is a cruel question. Do you? Because what if I gave up sweets uh-huh. for Lent, yeah. and then you tell you having me ask what kind of bakery good I buy? <laughs> I mean, Lent is not forever, Stephen. No, I only kid. Uh, my Lent is going uh, girl fine, which means not going well. <laughs> oh, so, why? What's happening? I just feel like the world is in Lent. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I'm not going to add to it. Okay. You know. So you're not, just living it up. I'm just being. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Um, in uh, ingrained in. You're just the whole world experiencing <laughs> Lent together. Okay. okay. Yeah. So you're not adding any extra suffering. sacrifice or suffering for you. I, no. You know, I think I, there's plenty out there. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. And um, oh man, I haven't <laughs> been to a bakery in a long time. Yeah. I don't know. I like. Ooh, ooh. that's tough. Yep. Sometimes cookies, <laughs> sometimes cakes, sometimes Italian cookies. Okay, so the, I'm just want to draw your attention back. I know it's his the, favorite yeah. thing, but I, I don't have a favorite thing because it really goes. I eat based mm-hmm. on my emotion. So, and you know, 
that's all over the place. So <laughs> my favorites also. Okay. Yeah. I try to buy things that I would never be able to replicate at home. Okay. A lot so. of, um, lot of filo uh, dough kind yeah, of pro, stuff, yeah, right? Filo dough. They yeah. always make a bad choice in those baking shows <laughs> true. with filo dough. <laughs> it's true. The lamination. That's what <laughs> they got to look for. Yes. Uh, my Lent... How is my Lent going? Yeah. I, you know, it's a little bit stumbly. Mm. I've been trying to read, um, pray like several times a day. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. And I'm going to say I'm failing like mm, half the time. Okay. Which is to say, like I pray every day, but not um, as many times as I was trying to. I bought this book called The Divine Hours. Ooh. And it's kind of like... It kind of uses the tradition of the holy, the the readings that the, all the priests read every day and oh, the prayers okay. like the holy hours, um, but it's a little bit simpler, a little bit more normal language. Less and, flipping around because I know they have yes. books, they have to flip around. A yeah, yeah. So I I bought that. I've been using it, but I sometimes I just forget. Yeah, that's okay. I just forget. Yeah. But um, again, the world is in Lent. True. Also true. Also true. I think we're fine. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I am not like a big fan of pretending to suffer, like adding right. unnecessary suffering into yeah. your life because I feel like God knows we suffer enough. Mm. Um, my favorite thing to get at a bakery mm-hmm. is probably um, coming up this week. We, we celebrate St. Joseph's feast day. Mm. St. Joseph is a big, we're fans in my house. Yeah, Scott and I, my husband and I sort of, um, asked St. Joseph to be our patron saint of our marriage, marriage way right. back on our honeymoon, <laughs> which is because we were in a chapel. I know it's yeah. just maybe weird, but so we celebrate St. Joseph's Day. We go, we take a pilgrimage to a St. Joseph's church, wherever, and we get Zeppelis. Zeppelis, yes. Which are like a, a filled donut. Every festival donut, <laughs> the punchki, everything is just a cream filled uh, donut, right, right? Right. And we go to Tripoli pizza up in north andover oh. and they have zeppelis and wow they're so good so good and when is that day is that day coming that up? is march 19th march 19th yeah oh. so just when you're over your saint patrick's day hangover yeah you can get some donuts get some good donuts hmm. and Tripoli pizza nice Tripoli pizza mm. so good okay so now that we're now that the ice is broken Here's what's going to happen. (laughs) I'm going to read the gospel once. We're going to take just a little bit of time to soak that in. And then I'll read it again. And listener, what you can do is put your head back, close your eyes, and just listen to the words of God and maybe ask God to point out something to you, to bring your attention to something specific that maybe God wants you to pay attention to in your own life this week, in this moment. This is from the Gospel of Luke. At that time, some people who were present there told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. He said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or these, those 18 people who were killed when the tower at Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than everyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. 
and he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard, and when he came in search of fruit on it but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none. So cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. Take a second just to soak that in. And we'll read it again. At that time, some people who were present there told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. He said to them in reply, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were greater sinners than all other Galileans? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 people who were killed when the tower at Siloam fell on them, Do you think they were more guilty than anyone else who lived in Jerusalem? By no means. But I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. And he told them this parable. There once was a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard. And when he came in search of fruit on it, but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years now I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree, but have found none, so cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? He said to him in reply, Sir, leave it for this year also, and I shall cultivate the ground around it and fertilize it. It may bear fruit in the future. If not, you can cut it down. Okay, so cheery. Yeah. Cheery little. Merry Lent. Very Lent, very Lent. And kind of two stories. Yes, right? Yeah, it's an odd, odd combination of things. Mm. What stands out to you in this? The second part, the second story. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I have been church workers for a while now. Indeed. And especially in Boston. And I think if we took this approach to oh. churches, oh, <laughs> I would love that. Oh, do go on. Okay. So it says, Mm -hmm. this tree has not been bearing fruit. I'm ready to cut it down. And he says, give it one more year. Mm -hmm. Do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. If it does bear fruit, good, continue. If it Mm -hmm. doesn't, cut down. And I think we should do that (laughs) with our churches. How does that, what do you, how do you see that playing out for a church? Give them a year. Okay. Yeah. Give them supplies. Give them, you know, change some things up. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one fruit would save this tree. Okay. Right? So it doesn't have to be thousands. Yeah. But that's just a way of probably utilizing your time and, res- and resources wisely. Mm-hmm. Tell me what is the fruit, what fruit would a church have to bear to stay? Uh, I would think it would be multiple... I mean, it would have to be a change. I mean, it could be whatever the the pastor or the staff can calculate. So mm-hmm. it could be multiple people coming into 
the church at Easter, mm -hmm. or it could be more involved families. So, mm -hmm. you know, whatever their goal is, they have a year, you know? <laughs> okay. Build a, bear that fruit. He didn't want to give one more year. Right. But he also, yeah, and he also cultivates it, right? He's going to fertilize yeah. it. He's going to... He's not just going to leave it. He's right. going to do new things, reshape programs, yeah. change it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I honestly think that most churches i would hope that most churches would produce fruit but this would just get them into a gear to be like this is the time to do it yeah so what i guess i'm curious about like is it not enough in your opinion for a church to be like having mass every week or no okay no, <laughs> do you want a second to think <laughs> no because i just think that there's a lot of buildings yeah. A lot of buildings. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of churches, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I think I do, but <laughs> Yeah, I maybe... think there's a lot of places of worship, Yeah, but not real churches. And right. so we are, that we just don't have the resources to have such a thin line of mm -hmm. buildings. Yeah. So if you want a fruitful, if you want to harvest, yeah. you got to get dirty. And oh. I mean, I just follow my father. He's I a like gardener. This. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. He grows grapes. For he, wine? No, he buys grapes. He but he grows grapes. he does grow a garden. He has half our or half of his yard is a garden. Yeah. So he grows kale and tomatoes and, and green beans. Green beans from Italy. I have never seen these green beans elsewhere. Really? Yeah. There is a quote actually in the beta lesson this week that I think works for what you're saying. Okay. This is from Brian Stoffergen. He said, I note that the sin of the fig tree is not that it's doing something bad, but that it is doing nothing. It's just taking up space in the orchard. That sounds like he right. what you're <laughs> It sounds like what you're talking yeah. about, right? It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad to just be a church that has mass and then locks the doors for the week and you know. But it's just not useful. Right. It's not fruitful. Fruitful. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you're putting the, the churches around us on a on <laughs> double secret probation. <laughs> I, I, it's an insider view. You know, I mm -hmm. think as a parishioner, you wouldn't see that. As a church girl, you wouldn't see that. Do you think this second paragraph, because this is good, I think, to kind of separate these two paragraphs out. Yeah, I wonder if they had one more week of Lent, they would just separate <laughs> They were just it. like, put yeah. it right in there. Um, I don't know. I mean, the scholars do find connections for it, which we'll get to. Okay. But um, do you think that is there's a message here for like an individual Christian too? Yeah, I think so. I think this is like what all self-help people are doing. Okay. You know, they assess. I mean, I can just speak to my experience with like Weight Watchers. Like yeah. you assess what you eat mm -hmm. and then you take out the stuff that's not good or mm -hmm. maybe add more things that are more nutritionist, nutritional yep. Yep. and stuff like that. So I think this is, it can definitely be for a person. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's probably on trend with what's, you know, what people outside the church are doing. What do you mean? I think they're assessing their lives. Oh, okay. And seeing what's fruitful. I think the whole, um, you know, people leaving their jobs and really assessing their lives. Saying yeah. Like, you know, this oh, is not right, fruitful. Right. right. I'm just doing this. Right. And I want to do something that's more fruitful. Right. You know, even if that's a different job career or maybe hanging, being with your family more or friends mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. I think that's following a passion. Yeah. Kind of following thing. a passion. Uh, what about like, what do you think is a person's fruit? Like how, how would 
God judge a person's fruitfulness? I think the amount of, of, of happiness or joy that it gives. Okay. Yeah. I think if it's, you know, it you, gives to you. Gives to, yeah. Okay. Um, and hopefully, hopefully other people too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I remember when in 2008, when the, the, the first crash of many, um, everyone was like, you know, I remember this, this story of this woman who opened a bakery. Mm-hmm. Like she lost her job. She started baking. She opened a bakery and she loved it. Yeah. And and now she's successful. So I, I feel like that would be a fruit. Like if you, if it's. Using your gifts kind of thing. Using your gifts. Yeah. And then people around her be like, yeah, she was always a great baker. You yeah. know, and this was always yeah. something that she wanted to do and mm-hmm. she did it. So I feel like it would definitely be a unique fruit to each person. Yeah. Or pastry so, in that or, case. Or pastry. <laughs> pastry, yes. Tell me what you think about this. The Rick Warren, who's the author of The Purpose Driven Life. Do you remember that? Nope. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> He's also a mega church um, pastor. Oh, okay. Protestant mega church pastor. And he says that the fruit of a believer is another believer. So like when we're talking so about growth, fruit, yeah. right? We're talking about evidence, like something something tangible mm-hmm. i think right like what's the proof that this is working yeah and so for a fig tree the proof that it's working is that it's producing figs right right and for a church like you said the fruit the proof that it's working is that there's things happening people are coming to god right yeah like people are people's lives are being changed right rick warren says the fruit of a believer like if we're christians mm-hmm. The way to know that we're doing it right is if more people become Christians because of us. What do you think of that? I think that's nice. <laughs> uh-huh. I think it's, uh, I would like to just include like God in that a little bit, you know, yeah. not just because of us, but mm-hmm. yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, that is a great message for anyone you know for that like you need that it's it's about other people yeah you know and um we we do a gifts discernment kind of process mm -hmm. here and um the way it works is someone sort of does like a a survey kind Mm -hmm. of fills up fills out a survey kind of thing and identifies their gifts from a list of spiritual gifts and then we have i have a conversation with them and Mm -hmm. talk about it one of the things they say and the materials we use is um, you'll know you have a gift if you see fruit, right? So like one way you can know is that you're a leader, that you have a gift for leadership is that people follow you. Right. Or, you know, like, for example, you know, if I'm a leader among my friends and I say this great, this TV show is great and they check it out on my word right? because they trust my, you know, that's. that's a fruit that's Mm -hmm. a sign yeah and you'll know you have a gift of hospitality if you always have some guest in your house or yeah yeah and you'll know if you have the gift of whatever healing because people get healed right right right. so there's he's talking about evidence fruit is evidence that you're doing what you're meant to do Mm -hmm. which i think is kind of yeah and, and, it's, and it's the focus is on other others, which I, I believe mm-hmm. in, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very clear from the gospel messages yeah. that it's about other people. 
Yeah, Rick Warren's talking about discipleship, right? Right. Ch- uh, spreading the gospel and giving people the good news and inviting them into relationship with God. Do you think that the job of every believer is to do that? Yes, because um, how unique each person is mm-hmm. in their way, and the, and but there's also a lot of. Um, categorizing you know how i preach and how i pray might be different from you you right, right. and so you're going to attract a different person than i am yeah and so like it's kind of like a a flavor for everybody kind of thing yeah you yeah know? and then the, also that mixture too so yeah i think so but i don't think that this has been engraved in catholicism for a while like i don't think it's been said or stated mm-hmm. or you know the big mission yeah which, well, the last six years, the HIC of Boston has been kind of pushing that thing. So. Right, right. Well, yeah, and I think for a lot of us, like the idea of the fruit of a believer is another believer. Mm-hmm. Like even you balked at that a little bit, like me, this is mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. what about God? God's involved, right? Right, right, right. Well, I don't want to be like avoid a cult is what I was trying <laughs> to do. Listener, Stephen and I watch and listen to a lot of cult things. Yes. It's a weird fascination of yeah. both of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always cautious. So, yeah. We, with wording <laughs> and because there's certain techniques. Right. We're always. We try to avoid. Making sure. Yeah. We're on the up and up. We're on the right side. Too. With how we use <laughs> true. That's true. I'll, I'll tell you one clue is that none of us are getting rich. If that <laughs> makes true. anyone feel better. Yeah. But you know what? Even the, even like going back to the tree, you don't just let that fig sit on that tree and do nothing. You know, you take it down and eat it or, okay. and you use it. So yeah. like it's, and that's the same thing even more so just like hitting back to you, what you were saying in the, in the quote that you quoted of like it is something you use and do so yeah. like it should be a person it should be growth yeah there should be signs there yeah. should be something evident yeah and was just figs a oh, thing back what a then great question. you know would we say an apple if if jesus was in america <laughs> um so a, a fig is a a, a fruit that was common there common, yeah. right but it's also a symbolic plant in the world of the old testament oh okay and the fig actually comes up again later in the gospel as a, as a, an invitation to recognize the sign of the times. Oh. That's in, that's in chapter 21. Because like olive trees were pretty mm-hmm. common there. Right. And Jesus used a lot of just the things that he saw, yeah. you know, and people saw. There are also other versions of a fig tree story with Jesus in the other gospels. Oh. And in those other versions, Jesus, in a, in sort of one of the last weeks of his life, walks by a fig tree and there's no fruit on it and he curses it and it withers and dies, Right. which is a really mysterious, odd little story Right. that doesn't happen in Luke, but it does in the other two. And I can't explain it to you. I it's, cannot wait to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll because that's it. like flipping Jesus, flipping table Jesus to right. know. Yeah. Although, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the first part? We definitely should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you think about this? What do you think he's trying to say? Well, he's saying that like just because they suffered doesn't mean they deserved to suffer more than others, right? Mm. Is that what I'm kind of getting? Is that what I got? You're close. He's saying they're like, what what about this? Like, what about these people dying horribly? This Mm -hmm. is they're telling a story about Pilate who had basically sent troops into the temple mm-hmm. and killed 
people while they were worshiping. Ah. Galileans, people from Galilee. Jesus, also a Galilean, which is probably why they were asking him. Um, And what they're implying or what Jesus is answering is, do you think they suffered because they were sinners? No. Right. Do you think they were the worst sinners in all of the the area in Jerusalem? No. They just, d- death happens. Yeah. But um, he says, but I tell you, if you do not repent, you will all perish as they did. Yeah. Which crazy. is where it all kind of turns, right? Yeah. So good news, the people didn't die horribly because of their sin. Right. But you should repent. But you should repent. Yeah, it's confusing. Tell me what you think about that word, repent. I think it's used a lot in my experience in the Christian churches. The Protestant churches. Protestant churches, yeah. yeah repent, repent, repent. It, it kind of has the same indication of like shame, mm. of like the chanting of shame. So I think... Oh, yeah. And I just think it's a word that insiders know, but not mm. necessarily outsiders know. Yeah. So I get like a weird vibe from it. Yeah. And it's, Is there... Oh, go yeah, and it's. I think you're saying it's usually used to shame someone. Shame, yeah. Right? It's like, hi, Hawaii, repent. You know, it's not a nice word. <laughs> yeah. But is there a translation difference? Um. So the word repent means to change your mind, to mm. turn Transfiguration. around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so it's not like you did something bad and you need to turn around? Or I mean, is. generally, yeah, yeah. Because okay. if you're going to turn around... You don't want to turn from good to bad. You want to turn from bad to good. Okay. So um, repenting is about really like turning around, like changing your mind about something, yeah. changing how you're thinking about something. Pivot. Pivoting. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, what are the what are the scholars say about this pers- first half? Because it's confusing. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. And my brain, I don't think, is wide enough for I think the side. <laughs> really? Because your brain is so wide. <laughs> so this is in verse three. And this is what one scholar said. At first glance, we might be able to conclude that if they had repented, this would not have happened to them. But that's not the point. Okay. Rather, he's saying that life can end suddenly. So use the time now. In Luke, the word to perish or be lost doesn't mean simply to die, but to lose eternal life. So um, he's saying like death happens. Yeah. It will happen. It's not because you're more sinful than someone else. Okay. But you need to know it's going to happen and you should make time. You should repent while you can. Gotcha. Right. Because if you're waiting. It's a nicer way to say it, though. It's yes. Well, what you said. Yeah, it's yeah. 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 Well, maybe he was cranky that day. It's possible. It's possible. He's not running or away from people. Uh, probably he like is that. actually. Interesting. Uh, that's it's okay. Fine. So that's a that's a like a better I think a bit better way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this scholar says Jesus turns these two disaster stories about the the murder of the worshippers mm-hmm. and In this, this, tower, this right? tower falling into prophetic warming warnings. Mm. So the challenge with each event is that time has run out. You're right. Okay. Right. It's sudden. Yeah. It's not because God hates them or because of their sin. It's just, it's actually man. Right. You know, Caesar, I mean, Pilate did right. this. Right. And gravity probably. Yeah. And probably man of not building a maybe. tower. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. 
Um, but to know that th- there might not always be time to turn around. Right. Right. Mm. Which is the whole season of Lent. Lent. Right? Yeah. It's a great time. We always talk about he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming. He's going to be rise again. It's time. Yeah. I can see that you're thinking deeply about this. So let's take a break. All right. When we come back, we'll f- we'll find where these two stories fit together. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> hey there, Margo Morin here, your pastoral associate. And I'm Stephen Antonio, your director of family engagement. We're here from Mary Queen of the Apostles Parish in Salem, Massachusetts. And one of the things that makes this parish so special is that we really care about healing. We have a team of people always ready to pray for you and your healing. And we have programs and ministries designed to help everyone in search of healing, especially spiritual healing. And we have a healing prayer um, every second Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. at Immaculate Conception Parish, where you can join and speak to one of our healing team members, and they'll pray over you for whatever spiritual healing or mental healing that you need. Or if you'd like to make an appointment with our pastor or with someone from our healing team, you can do that too. Yeah, and all that information and more information can be found on our website, mqa.org slash healing. Okay, so now... We've looked at the second paragraph. We've looked at the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. We think we have a pretty good grip on things. Yeah, individually. Yeah. Okay, so where? why do you think these two readings are put together, these two stories are put together in one reading? Well, it seems that he wants to end on a more positive note, mm-hmm. which is, you know, when there are when there is time, you can cultivate and fertilize that fr- tree to mm-hmm. hopefully it may, it may bear fruit. I, I don't know. I'm kind of speaking. <laughs> well said. Randomly. Well said. Uh, okay. I'll tell you what I think. Okay. In that first paragraph, he's talking, he's telling the story kind of centered on the people who died. Okay. Right. Yes. For them, their time ended, ended. without them expecting it. Yep. And um, the second paragraph, Mm -hmm. it's more from the perspective of the gardener. Okay. Like the movement there is that of the gardener who says, wait, 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 let me just invest a little bit in this. Let me get my hands dirty Mm -hmm. with this tree and see if I can help it to produce fruit. And then we'll decide. Right. Yeah. So... In the first paragraph, there's almost no judgment. Mm-hmm. It's just life. It's just gravity. It's just the brutality of living. Yep. In the second, there is judgment, but the judgment is like patient. Yeah. Right? Right. So. Caring. Yeah. Uh, or at least like invested. Right. You know, mm-hmm. in, in I see that. wanting it to bear fruit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to read you two quotes. Because I think they're helpful. Okay. That's why. (laughs) If you're wondering, why is she reading two quotes? Here we go. This is from a Catholic lectionary resource. It says, what is the nature of a fig tree? This is easy. A fig tree's nature is to grow healthy and strong and bear sweet fruit. The fig tree in the gospel is not doing so. And so the owner of the orchard wants to cut it down. What is the nature of a person? This is a more difficult question. Humanity was created in the image of God, given given dominion over all living things, and told to be fruitful and multiply. However, humanity was given free will, 
and soon used that to give in to temptation and disobey God. There are two sides to human nature, for unlike a fig tree, a person has consciousness and the ability to decide how to act. Hmm. Right, because we have that free will. Right. Right. So this person is saying that uh, humans are created to be the image of in the image of God and mm-hmm. to be the image of God, I think in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a choice, right? Right. Whether mm-hmm. to live our nature or not. And that sort of circles back to what you were talking about, about the fruit of a person's life being related to the gifts, their spiritual gifts. Right. And right. Talents, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So if you're not doing what you're meant to be doing, mm-hmm. then you're not being fruitful. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. And of course, you know, for Christians, for people who follow God, who mm-hmm. is love, the the fruit of that is love. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I also want to head back to the, when you talk about the fruit, um, the gifts that God give you, you have been through your sense, uh, your survey with the gifts and you said like, maybe God is just not using those gifts now. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing too. God gives you gifts that... Um, maybe are active now, but in five mm-hmm. years are not going to be active and other things come up. Mm-hmm. So it's that also that constant change of, right. Of doing things. Right. And to know, I think what the gifts are that God's asking you to use, you have to be in touch with God. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that's a, an argument for keeping in touch mm-hmm. with the God who gifts us mm-hmm. to know what it is. God wants us to do with those gifts. Right, right. Because if Rick Warren is right and the fruit of a believer is another believer, then we kind of need to know how God is asking us to do that Mm -hmm. and how God's gifting us to do that. Yeah. I want to read you a last quote before we go. Okay. This is a quote from Dr. Bill Long, who I've never heard of before, but I like this quote. So we'll see how it goes. He says the owner of the of the vineyard or of the orchard and mm-hmm. the parable is God, which we haven't said, right? We didn't sense that. Did no, we? No, no. And so if, if that's true, then the gardener would be Jesus, probably Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. Sort of interceding and intervening, yep. which is interesting. It's certainly like a, sure. Okay. That seems reasonable, yeah, right? It, Matt, it tracks. But we didn't really go down that pathway, no. and, and we don't necessarily have to. That's sort of a self-explanatory one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this guy says uh, the owner wants to cut the tree down, but the gardener convinces him to wait one more year. Um, and if we really got just what we deserved, the tree would be cut down. But the owner gives another year. There's no indication that the tree will bear fruit, Mm. but nevertheless, the gardener expends extra effort in preparing the tree. We hear echoes in, in the second letter of Peter, where he says, the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, Mm. not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. If justice is what we really want, we would all be cooked. Mm. Mercy is what we need, 
And that is what the owner will allow. One more year. Nice. I like that. Do you? Yeah, I like that vision a lot. And now I'm just thinking too, how am I going to talk to Teach children this to about the kids. this? It's a very children. good question. But I think this is the this is it. About God's patience with yeah, us. Yeah, God's patience with us. Yeah. Because hmm. I may, so, okay. All right. So now. Okay. okay. Maybe the first paragraph is about man. Yeah. Because it seems like man caused these two destructions. Okay. And this is God's response to situations like that. This is God saying, I'm patient. Yep. You know? Yeah. Sometimes humans, maybe they weren't cultivating or fertilizing that tree the last three years. Right. And it's just been there. And now it's time to cut it up. And it's still, he's like, okay, I'll give you a year. Yeah. Yeah. That's loving. That's great. I want to go one little tweak on that. Okay. In the first paragraph, they're asking for things to be logical. Mm. Right? They're like, Herod attacked us. Yep. They must, the people who got attacked must have been sinners. Right? right. Right. And the people who were under the tower when it fell, obviously, were the biggest sinners in Jerusalem. Yeah. Like, this makes sense to us. Right. Right. It makes, us, it, it, makes it easy. Right. And the story, the second story is about a God who doesn't make sense necessarily, mm. but who invests in us, yeah. in our fruitfulness, even if there's no promise that we'll cooperate. Right. Because of that free will. Yeah. Yeah. He still has patience for us. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, you know, he probably is not going to come in exactly in a year. Yeah. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be, I mean, more his own time. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I'm, what's striking me is that the people in the first paragraph, they wanted a, a logical, easy answer. Mm-hmm. And in the second paragraph, um, Jesus is telling them a story that says, it's actually not that. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not like transactional. Right. It's not if this, then then. It is God's patience with us and Jesus's intervention mm-hmm. to make that possible. Awesome. That's a that's a nice swing of things. It is. Right? It took us a long time to get here. Yeah. But here we are. Okay. One of the pieces of artwork okay. in the beta lesson this week is a it's like a relief like a carving of an axe and a barren tree. Mm. And that's that's actually a Christmas ornament that you can buy. Nice. Which who does that? Why would you want that on your Christmas tree? Right. But hey. Yeah. Christians, am I right? Right. Remember. <laughs> remember when you remember. <laughs> uh, Lent. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of programs going on. We have unanswered prayers. If you're looking, if you're ever questioned of what how prayer works or if you felt that maybe God did not answer your prayer. We're having a discussion about that. On Tuesday nights, you can join us in our um, hall at Immaculate Conception uh, from 7 to 8.30. It's a, it's a challenging discussion it is yeah it you joined is. last week i did and i was like margo like be cool <laughs> because i can very much relate to this topic lately yeah yeah and i didn't want to bleed all over the table but but if you want to come and bleed you can we, yeah we welcome it yeah I, who um, knows maybe i'll bleed all and this week last wednesday we could not do our music That's on right. wednesdays because of the snow mm-hmm. can you believe but this week, we're in the 50s, so we'll be yeah, having some down. music. Come on down. At Immaculate Exception Church, Wednesdays, 7 to 8. Yeah. And it, uh, we know, we realize that we're talking to a podcast audience who are scattered. Yeah. But that 
a lot of the things we're inviting you to are gathered mm-hmm. here at Sal- locally in Salem. But we want you to know we're working on, um, in addition to this, uh, maybe streaming our masses in the near future. Yes. So you can, wherever you're at, you can tune in and see what it's what it's like to gather at the table with us. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to make a jump and do that in person, you can get a taste of that from our website and all the things we put out there yes yeah yeah and check out our instagram too because there's a lot of things that we're going to be posting more and more on about from from episodes of mqa sunday but also just more videos and imagery to help you um continue your lenten experience and yeah we'll continue after lent too yeah we want to help you connect we want to be there for you Mm -hmm. so um how about you know what we want to bear fruit from this podcast damn it we do (laughs) Well done. Look at that. Thanks. Wrap it up in a bow. Should I end in prayer? Would you? That would be amazing. All right. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Enter into our lives wherever we are. Lord, we thank you for your patience with us as we try to turn things around and and focus on you. Uh, We thank you for the words today and discussion and the thoughts that are are, we're thinking as we listen to this, these words and with our guests. And we just thank you for uh, the opportunities to always be able to turn to you and to cultivate and, and fertilize the areas that need that will bear fruit for us in the future. So we thank you for this and we thank you for, um, let me ask you to watch over all our intentions that we hold in our hearts. Amen. Amen. This is, we still don't have a, we don't have a sign off. No. So, bye. Bye. MQA Sunday is brought to you by Mary Queen of the Apostles Parish, located in the historic city of Salem, Massachusetts. Your hosts are Margo Morin, Pastor Associate, and Stephen Antonio, the Director of Family Engagement. The show is recorded in Salem, Massachusetts, and edited by the staff of MQOA. The beta lesson is written by Margo Morin. Find out more about Mary Queen of the Apostles Parish on our website, mqoa.org.